Welcome to episode 12 of the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. I'm your host today, Charlotte Newman, and today I want to chat to you about the next two of our 12 vital ingredients, which are ensuring you identify the correct roles for you as a business owner, including our five Ds of management. So to help with this topic, I'm joined today by Emma White, partner at A4G. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you today. Um, So to kick us off then, in what I guess could be said as an interesting take on things, we've often measured a business's journey against Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So for those who are not really familiar with this, can you just give us a brief overview, Emma, and how we could then adapt this into what it means for our business and its life cycle? Yeah, absolutely. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is is almost about how as individuals we fulfill ourselves and that's and that starts from sort of your basic needs so you've got your psychological needs which are kind of food water warmth rest they're the very basic things now obviously if we can't fulfill that we can't kind of move up the pyramid um in terms of what we need from business from ourselves from life then you've got obviously this the next the next thing on the list is that we we tend to kind of crave is that security and safety need and then it goes on that so the next level up is then belonging love and friendship so it's intimate relationships with friends and loved ones um, and feeling feeling that kind of need there and then we move on to sort of esteem so that's the feeling of prestige and feeling of accomplishment where we can be proud in ourselves and then the final one is kind of self-actualization where we're achieving kind of our full potential um or, or we're getting sort of everything we want out of life and we feel truly fulfilled now that can sound a little bit new agey but actually when you when you consider that in terms of a business's life cycle obviously the you know at the very basic level you know you're talking about keeping the lights on really aren't you you know you start a business you work really hard to keep the lights on um and and get and you know just work really hard until you're at a point that you earn enough money to fulfill that need for yourself you can pay your bills you can and and then you're looking for the safety need above that so you'd be looking for secure contracts long-term relationships with customers or suppliers to just to just develop that and what you're trying to do is take the people that work for you and the business on this journey Um, and then when you're trying to find belonging that's where you're really trying to establish yourself in your industry you know and you you know the business wants to be respected for the work that it does Um, and and that's the same with esteem that might be where people feel the need to um you know maybe get some awards in the industry or or just maybe that's as you start managing your year's performance compared to the previous year just so that you can see you're achieving accomplishment and you're making progress with the business and then obviously the self-actualization might be where the the sort of md the owner manager is actually able to kind of go, either go back to having like long holidays or just two weeks without worrying about the, the phone ringing while you're away so it's it's about it's about trying to take the business and staff as you bring them on in that journey and having kind of clear a clear set of requirements for the business and what it is you're trying trying to build I mean that's why I love the fact that it's a pyramid shape actually because it's all about building blocks isn't it mm. it's it's very visual in what the business needs to represent 
Yeah, and I love that, you know, like you say, it's very visual on how you can see it. And I guess the end game for any business owner is having the money and the time to achieve the things that they really want to achieve, either through their business or in life. And for some people that, like you said, might be sitting on a sun lounger six months a year, or it might be you know, setting up a charity or taking the business further. It could be anything for every different person. So I love I love how um, that, that comparison with the hierarchy of needs is, is quite a nice way to see it. Um, so obviously... Um, anyone listening, you may have heard us talk about the 60-30-10 rule of growth before. And that basically involves spending 60% of your strategic time on your most pressing issue, 30% of your time on the issue which will become the most pressing, and 10% of your time on the one that follows. So Emma, can you just maybe give us an example of how this actually might work in practice for a business owner on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. I think it it's making sure that you know, we know business owners are really busy. And, and, as, and as you rightly touched on, one of the pressing things for owner managers is, you know, I don't have enough time. Now, this, the idea of the 60-30-10 is really to give you as a business owner a little bit of focus as if you've got a spare, you know, 20 minutes. How do you do things to influence or push forward what your strategic goals are as a business? Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd break that time down that you've got spare or you need to find that time to push through the strategy. So it, it's really about sitting down and thinking, well, what would have, the, you know, what what is it that we want to achieve as a business? What should we spend 60% of our time on? What should we spend 30% of our time on and 10% of our time? Now, we're not talking about 60% of our week, just the time we have available to keep these issues moving forward. So, so for example, that might be, you know, if you were looking to expand and you needed to buy, you know, get new premises, 60% of your time might be on the finding the premises and, you know, the plannings and stuff that you need to be able to turn it into whatever you need it to be. But obviously 30% of your time might then be, well, if you get that premises and you expand, you know, the next problem that you're or challenge you're going to face is finding the stuff that you need to be able to fulfill that expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 30% of your time would be spent trying to find the right people, you know, interview them, consider what training plan you might have. It's, you know, that, that would be then what you'd spend your 30% on because that will be your next challenge once you've got the premises. And then the 10% might be you know how you how you generate that that growth or um a new product that you want to bring in that you think will make that growth easier so it's it's just really just thinking about the things that kind of follow on from each other that will then become your next 60 percent um and just and breaking down your time to think if i can do you know if i've got 100 minutes you know this is what i need to do on those three pressing issues to just move things forward. And I think that's quite often the biggest challenge for running a business is having that strategic direction and kind of planning the timing to keep things moving. Like you say, and I think that's such a nice way to see it. Like you say, obviously, if you had 100 minutes, it's easier to break it down. But if people don't, just how how am I going to spend this half an hour that I've got focusing on my top three issues and how do I wait that? How much time do I put into it? Because often we can spend, you know, 60% of our time on the issue that isn't going to come up net yet. You know, it's not the most pressing thing. So um, actually having a bit of focus for a business owner to sit down and 
and get and get started. I really like that. Um, and obviously, we've touched on the fact that business owners' time is absolutely precious. There's only 24 hours in a day. There's only 168 hours in a week. And actually, we all have the same amount of time available. Um, so it'd be just quite nice if maybe we can discuss how you know, the time that our business owners do spend in the business, you know, making sure they're spending on the right things. Um, because, you know, you can easily get distracted. Um, you can easily put your time in the wrong places. Well, a tool we often actually use at A4G is the Quadrant Time Management System. So, Emma, can you maybe just talk us through what this is and how business owners can actually use this in their everyday management of their time? Yeah, absolutely. So it is one of the things that we talk about a lot because what we're always focused on is how do we get things to drop out of the bottom sometimes. You know, we work with a lot of people, both in the practice and with our business owners, who are really, really busy. And it's about how do you kind of find time? Um, and, and it's hard, isn't it? I think we all feel that we haven't got enough time. So the, the, the quadrants is based on... So quadrant one is urgent and important. So that is, you know, sort of firefighting mistakes um it might be like a broken machine so it needs you know there's just there's no time to wait it has to be done immediately quadrant two is not urgent and important not urgent but important now this is where we'd be doing planning professional development um preparation meetings goal setting you know working with staff on their objectives so that we make sure the team are all pulling in the right direction and I always think that's the quadrant that we all think we just don't have enough time for but actually has the biggest impact on how the business is run then we've got quadrant three which is urgent and not important so that's people dropping in um, things that are important to other people but they're not necessarily important to what you need to achieve then you've got quadrant four which is not urgent not important and that you know that is your time wasting trivial activities you know flicking backwards and forwards between emails because you're not really sure what to do next um you know maybe being being distracted by your phone or conversations that are going on whatever it is but that's all the sort of stuff that you know if we can work on getting rid of some of that stuff you know it might be unsubscribing to some of the junk mails you get or um you know making sure there's someone in the office who's responsible for getting the milk so that the owner manager isn't running that popping out to get milk for everyone's teas you know it's that type of stuff that's just it's like nonsense time we all know we all know it don't we i think yeah it's, it's just we do let it creep into our days it's like a waste of time, isn't it? It's unproductive, sort of bit irresponsible sort of time. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's the stuff you get annoyed about as well, isn't it? Like when you, if you do spend time in that quadrant or other people have like distracted you into something, you can be a bit annoyed because you haven't met your objective of the day because you've you felt like time's been stolen from you or wasted. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's slightly different to the, the non-important but urgent things. You know, they're sort of like you know, things that may be a bit out of control, you know, it's a very short-term focus in that quadrant compared to, you know, them being having nothing really, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think quite often as a busy owner-manager, you go from the important and urgent because it's whatever's going on and everyone wants your input into things that 
you know, it is important, but they've made it urgent because they've left it or not given proper time for planning. And then quite often, because you've had your mind completely distracted and it's been, a bit, it's been a bit busy, you know, maybe that's dealing with a problem and you're then deflated. I think quite often after that, you spend time in quadrant four, time wasting a bit because you're like, hang on a minute, I've got to refocus. I've yeah. got to work out what I was planning to do with my day. Um, and so you, people tend to ping pong between one and four. And certainly I think the quadrant that gets the, the least amount of time is the, it's that I don't have time for the not urgent important stuff, which is the preparation, the planning, the clarity on goals, the, you know, working with your team to improve what they're doing as well for the business. That's yeah. where, so as an owner manager, my best tip really on making sure you're spending a decent amount of time in that quadrant two is block it out your diary you know have some rules within the workplace that you know certain times of the day or certain things will be blocked in your diary and it is a no interruption point because actually although it's not urgent it is highly important to the success of the business and the profitability of the business or the development of the team um, which has an impact so I think quite often we don't use our diary in the right way to to really block out that key important time yeah I like that and I think like you said in quadrant two it's all about the vision the strategic thinking and then we can actually apply our 60 30 10 rule to that block of time that you've put in your diary so I think these all things sort of like you know they come together um, and if we just um, go back to the important and urgent area, this is the one that you said that was crisis, deadline driven, the firefighting. You know, often this results in, you know, business owners being stressed. Burnout is massive if you stay in this quadrant for too long. They're just constantly crisis managing. And I think it's actually a core complaint in our, my experience from, from clients that they just spend all day firefighting issues and never find time for anything else probably sounds familiar Emma so like yeah. what, what tools can be used I mean I don't know like a to-do list or something which we could just actually help owner managers deal with things on their terms rather than as they arise so that they can stay out of contrad one as much as possible yeah absolutely well I think sometimes it is it's having a plan isn't it it's it's absolutely about planning certainly the day ahead so, you know, so today I will plan for tomorrow so that, I, and I will have three key things, you know, the three most important things that I need to get done tomorrow will be top of the list. And then there'll be some other stuff on there. And then also when I, so on a Friday, I tend to look at my week ahead and I know, so, so for the business, so for A4G, I'm in charge of like the head of cloud and I know there's some strategic stuff I need to do there. Like there's some people I need to check in with. There's some projects that we're working on that I need to make sure that they're sort of, they're, they're going ahead and what percentage complete they are and what input they need from me. So there, I will block out some time the week in advance to have those important discussions and meetings and review some of the processes. So it is all about planning to mm -hmm. be able to stay, to stay out of that quadrant and then help other people to be organized. Quite often things fall into that important and urgent box because it's something that should have been done three or four weeks ago that is now needs doing today. It's now become um, urgent. And so yeah. it is, it's being able to teach your team about having a, sort of this, this plan to your day and week and making sure they like eat the frogs that they need to eat so that they don't come and bite the owner manager later later in the week 
Um, and it's just it's just getting everyone on the right track, really. It's having a bit of a plan, tackling the three most important things for the day, every day. Um, certainly just having a to-do list. If it's written down, it's out of your head. It helps stop the stress levels as well. And I think mm. you can think start thinking about things in a more strategic way because you can start looking at your to-do list and think, am I the only person that can do all this? Or are some of these things actually should be done by someone else and you can start to build responsibility within your team by delegating some of these some of these things brilliant well actually that just moves us on to how we can influence our team because i think a big part of you know the your time management as a business owner is sort of managing your team's time as well and helping them because you know you bring a team on you bring staff on they're they're supposed to support you and help grow your goals um and one of the things that we talk about um as part of this is the five d's of management so i thought if we maybe just touch on each one um uh in turn emma if that's all right so you know owner managers are good at doing so do the first d is doing you know they're usually the people that get things done um it's their business after all. And it's probably why they started their own business in the first place because they're good at doing things. Uh, but obviously we have touched on, there's only so many hours in the day or the week and the, the owner's to-do list is grown to bursting point. So where can a business owner just start in terms of reducing the amount of doing that they do? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things to do is actually to start delegating. But I think delegation is a really scary idea because it's like, well, people won't do it the way I want to do it. Um, And one of the things I typically see in some businesses that are struggling time wise is that they haven't started the first part of the process of delegation, which actually would be someone's job role. Mm -hmm. So the job role would set out the purpose, you know, what is their purpose? Why are they in the business? What do you need them to achieve? Um, And what are the tasks that that covers? And if there's things that as a business owner that are really vital, they do it your way, then part of delegating would be, you know, giving them a, a checklist of the things that are critical to getting that thing right. So, absolutely right so one of the the first things you do is start to delegate but it's about delegating in the right way um and spending that time you know thinking about what you're delegating making it very clear what you need from them you know when you need it back and if there's anything anything involved in how how they need to deliver that yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, we hear that a lot, don't we? We need to delegate more, we need to delegate more. And in practice, it's not really that easy because you need to delegate the right things to the right people. So what would you say are some of the potential pitfalls that owner managers come across when they're perfecting this this skill, which is the second D of management, actually? Delegation. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Well, I think the like delegating is you know, it's always hard and you're trying to pitch it at different staff at different capabilities. The the biggest pitfall is actually not, it's not, it's abdication rather than delegation. It's like, mm-hmm. you do that and I'm not going to worry, almost like not worry about the outcome, but you've got to worry about the outcome. Whereas delegating is really delegating the responsibility for a part of something, but actually having input in the process, you know, maybe that's getting someone to repeat back what you've asked them to do to make sure they've understood it or getting them to feed it back to you initially so that you can look at it and work with them on, you know, maybe what they've what they haven't done correctly or what you need them to do going forward. So, 
yeah, you know, you kind of go from doing yourself to delegating. And then what I'm talking about really is almost knowing when you need to do directing, which is helping people through. When you yep. start delegating, sometimes you have to piece feed people through processes, check each part until you're satisfied that actually you could delegate it, you know, delegate a, a large percentage of it and then get it back in a good order. So it's about directing, really, sort of working with someone to give them a bit of training or a bit more of a broken down plan in the steps they do yep. to achieve what you need them to achieve. Well, I think that's, the, you know, you're right in terms of directing. We're talking about what you need to do when the person doesn't, oh, sorry, what you need to do when the person doing the job doesn't have the skills to do the whole thing themselves. You know, it, you know, in, if you delegate something, usually that person would have been trained or had the skills and you can just give them the job and they're going to report back to you. Um, like you say, not abdicate responsibility, but you are delegating the job to be done by someone else. But if they don't have those skills, you're going to need to do some sort of talking them through it maybe it might be a piecemeal management style you know could you maybe give us some practical examples of how we can hone our directing skills as a management style which when practiced can actually be quite successful to businesses um in terms of bringing their staff up you know with their knowledge and training quite quickly yeah absolutely so i mean i'm a big believer in systems because i think that really helps people understand the steps they take it's breaking down the tasks but an initial chat through what you're expecting of them and get them to talk you through it so that they're starting to engage with what they're doing that's always really helpful and then booking in sort of the regular if it's you know if it's going to take them a week or two weeks just booking in those regular check-ins just to make sure they're not you know going wildly off <laughs> off path um to do, to do that with them and just spending a little bit of time I think that's quite often the hardest thing for a business owner is you know, you won't have the time to do directing. You have to make the time to do, to direct. Otherwise, you're never, ever going to be able to delegate if you don't make some time to bring some of the staff through on certain areas. Mm. You're just not going to get there. Yeah, exactly. So we've covered the doing, the delegating and directing as three of the five. So the next one probably is demanding, which as a management tool is something more, more, Often than not, um, a fewer amount of people are comfortable with this than others. You know, there's a fine balance between sort of gentle reminders and subtle encouragement to a full on rant and rave about someone's behaviour. Um, neither of these are actually going to likely be effective. Um, so often it actually is necessary that a business owner becomes de demanding. So we often refer to this here at A4G as the chat um, and can usually be, be delivered in the form of a shit sandwich. I'm going to excuse my language here, but there really isn't any sugarcoating this bit. You know, can you just maybe run through, Emma, some of the things that this chat may, may need to include? It's not like it's not really a formal HR situation, but it's probably the step before that. You know, and, you know, what is the purpose of this type of management tool? Yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right. Well, I think sometimes people can like lose a bit of focus. And I mean, staff can lose focus on, you know, why they're there, what the purpose is and what the business needs are as well as their own. Mm. You know, by nature, we all think about what our needs are. But the chat is almost laying down what the business needs you know what is go what is going well what isn't going well and what needs to happen 
really it's just having a very frank and open discussion so rather than I think demanding sometimes sounds like you're going to be standing over and pointing a finger shouting yeah um but actually that's the reason we call it the chat because it is you know a sat down conversation about the realities of the situation you know this is what's going well if anything's going well this is what the business needs you know it, you, you can't have people especially in owner managed businesses like everyone needs to be doing their bit don't they to bring it all together and if you've got that one um either rotten apple because sometimes people can be really disruptive or they're just a bit of a weak link the chat is just about making it clear of where where the business believes things currently are and what the business needs going forward um and yeah. it's just a it's just a frank discussion um which i think most people value you know i think sometimes hr rules and i'm not saying ignore them but they can complicate things and i think they can make people feel that they can't speak the truth um and the chat is about speaking the truth in a factual way yeah Exactly. And I think, you know, the, the best outcome of this sort of conversation is that that person sort of pulls their socks up and is back on board with, you know, going the right way for the business. Or maybe they realise that they're not a good fit and actually that's better for them and the business. So I think either way, having these difficult but frank conversations is imperative, I think, to continuing to have the right people around you. So if we lastly look um, at the last um, D of management, then that's disrupting, which again sounds negative, but actually it's a it's a critical management technique and it isn't actually as hard as it sounds. Um, you know, so how can a business owner um, quickly cause some disruption um, um, in their business and what can they listen out for, which is likely to indicate that all is perhaps not as well as they potentially are being led to believe? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think disrupted, does, it sounds scary, doesn't it? But quite often if you're looking at your monthly figures some of your figures will tell you or give an indication of things that you need to drill down into so we call it turning over stones so say your gross profit margin is drifting it that's the well i need to have some conversations here with the people you know on the front line of you know how are we quoting what are we buying you know, how are we using materials? Is there wastage? Is there, you just have to almost like ask lots of questions. And if you're not 100% satisfied with the answers or the facts presented, keep turning over the stones, keep drilling down um, into the reasons. Because quite often when things are going wrong, it's not one thing. It's a, you know, multiple little small things that just need fine tuning and then everything will be back to a happy ship. So, you know, a good way of kind of disrupting is having a very open and honest conversation about mistakes. I think quite often, you know, we like to make excuses for mistakes. We like to brush them under the carpet, pretend they never existed, certainly never monitor them, um, you know, sort of how regularly things happen. And we just try and put it down to a one-off and move on. But actually doing a bit of an analysis on, on mistakes or errors or things that go wrong and having a really open team meeting about it and talk about all the things that 
maybe we could have thought about earlier or you know are there processes in the sales process that could have maybe predicted a problem with something you know whatever it is it's just having everyone's input on all the things that could have been you know all the things that happened then all the things that you have the ability to influence to stop that mistake happening again Mm. and uh, I mean I always look at I always think you should look at mistakes as school fees if you learn from them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be making the same mistake again and again and again. Whereas, actually, if you make one mistake, it costs you some money, but you learn all the lessons you can learn from that mistake and you make the changes needed to, you know, block that hole and yeah. uh, plug that gap then actually it's been a really useful exercise. You know, nothing's perfect, is it? And there's always room for learning and improvement, but it needs to involve a conversation about, you know, improving processes or procedures or, or whatever it is to just plug that gap. Otherwise it is a, it's a true loss, isn't it? Because you're going to lose that money again and again and again. Um, whereas that that's how you disrupt really is just, almost say right let's let's talk about what we're doing you know let's talk about these problems let's have a really open it's not a blame game it's a what can we do as a business or to to stop those things yeah exactly and like you say you know as a manager if you ask a direct question to one of your team members and you either get um sort of you know an angry response or defensive response or a very evasive response it's very quick for you to know that something needs to be you know, something else is happening under the surface that you're not maybe getting the truth about. And I think it's just a bit of intuition, I think, here, making sure you ask the right questions, because I guarantee that whatever answer comes back, you'll either have a confidence in that answer or not. Um, And then going from there. And I, I really like the we call it black box meetings, don't we, Emma? You know, you know, really figuring out what went wrong on mistakes and getting to the bottom of it and then dealing with it. Um, So if just to summarise, then we've just covered the five D's of management, we've we've got the doing, Um, which is, you know, making sure you're doing less of the doing as a business owner, using those to-do lists that we talked about. You know, are you the only person that can do this job? You know, putting the right things at the top of your to-do list, that sort of thing. And then we're talking about delegating, making sure you're delegating the right things to the right people. We're then looking at directing, making sure that if the person who's doing the job doesn't have the skills that you talk us, you know, talk them through how to do that. And you need to make time for that in order for you to be able to effectively delegate. Then we looked at demanding, which just is maybe having some of those frank and difficult discussions and getting people pulled back um, into uh, the goals and strategic plan for the business. And then finally, look at disrupting, um, disrupting some of the things in your business, you know, turning over some stones and making sure that any mistakes are dealt with and any issues and plugs so that you can continue to run a tight ship. So, you know, we've covered a fair bit today, Emma, around time management and management techniques. So do you have any maybe some just final practical advice for our listeners in ways that they could tackle these areas and just make sure they're on top of these things? Yeah, I mean, I think the most practical advice really is think about some core habits that you can introduce to yourself and then start to bring your staff through on how to better manage your time. I think, we, you know, this it's a busy old world, isn't it? And the one thing that we've been taught in the last couple of years is actually 
it's too busy um, and uh, sometimes some of that busyness is with the wrong thing so it's getting some really good habits about planning your day and the tasks that you need to achieve to just get you working in the right way every day yeah brilliant I've really really enjoyed today's um, chat Emma so thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me I've really enjoyed it Wonderful. So next week, we'll be discussing how to avoid poor partnerships and building a good team whilst also reducing overdependence on specific individuals. So if you have any questions on this or any other topic, please email them over to inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk. In the meantime, head to our social media at A4G Chartered Accountants, where we're providing a lot more guidance on this area and many others. Alternatively, check out our website www.inquiries.com a4g-llp.co.uk which is full of free tools guidance and plenty of food for thought to help support you with running your successful business so i've been your host charlotte and this is let's get down to business